but I just this morning um, and just really just stir us up um, where we you know just just ought to you know preach the gospel um, so my message this morning the heading is a divine appointment um, and again just you know just want to encourage us this morning um, and really stir our hearts so before I go into this just want to open up in a, uh, in a, in a quick prayer uh, Heavenly Father we just thank you for your word Father as your word goes forth Father I just pray that it just changes hearts and lives forever Father I just ask that you just um, bless me now Father just strengthen me just give me boldness and courage to preach your word and Father I ask all these things in thy precious name Amen so again the heading is a divine appointment so just a little bit of the, the background as Andy read this morning um, about Zacchaeus so verse 1 tells us that Jesus um, entered and passed through Jericho now Jericho was uh, situated in the lush Jordan Valley it was a, a beautiful city because of its location it was it was warm all the year round the land was very fertile so they grew you know a lot of fruit a lot of vegetables there were beautiful date palm trees and roses as far as the eye could see they said you were new they knew you were in Jericho because it had a wonderful scented smell all those roses it was a busy city and a densely populated city as well so many people passed through on their way to Jerusalem so Luke tells us that it's the last destination it's the last city that Jesus comes to before he walked the last 17 miles to Jerusalem so back in in chapter 18 we read that Jesus he's coming to the end of his ministry he tells the disciples that he's going to be mocked um, he's going to be spitefully entreated he says he's going to be scourged and put to death and on the third day he was going to rise so Luke lets us know in this city of Jericho there was a man named Zacchaeus and he tells us not only was Zacchaeus a tax collector but he was also the chief tax collector and he was also rich so not only did Zacchaeus pocket money that he collected he also had a percentage of those underneath him so it's kind of like a pyramid scheme remember the old pyramid schemes in the 80s remember the guy at the top and he had all these people underneath him and all these people underneath him you know were making money and the guy at the top had a cut of everything that all these people underneath made so Zacchaeus he was the chief tax collector so tax collectors were hated and despised for their lying and cheating they were swindlers collecting money from their own people taking as much as they could taking their cut and then sending the rest back to Rome and really in 2,000 years nothing's changed really has it I'll just kind of leave that there so Zacchaeus was the chief he was the worst of the worst he was the teacher the mentor remember the film Oliver remember the film Oliver the Dickens classic Oliver so Zacchaeus was like Fagan remember Fagan the old man Fagan well Fagan was the criminal mastermind who instructed and taught all the young boys in the gang in the art of stealing remember the song you got to pick a pocket or two so making sure that they were doing it correctly without getting caught because the more they stole the richer he became so Zacchaeus was in a prime spot to collect a lot of taxes a busy thriving city so verse 3 tells us that he sought to see Jesus who he was but he could not for the press because he was small in stature so you can imagine how busy it would have been at that time many passing through on their way to Jerusalem for the Passover word would have spread like wildfire that Jesus was passing through with his disciples and his followers 
They would have been rows and rows of people just wanting to take a look at Jesus. They would have heard all about the miracles that he had performed, those that he had healed along the way, the blind that now see, the lame that now walk, all that Jesus had said and done. So Zacchaeus wanted to see who, who this Jesus was. You know, when I, as I was studying the passage, I was just wondering, you know, did Zacchaeus think he had something um, in common with Jesus? You see, we mentioned Zacchaeus was hated by the Jewish people and by the Jewish elite. He was an enemy of them. And the same them that hated Zacchaeus also hated Jesus. So I wondered if he was thinking, wow, they hate him as much as they hate me. I need to see who this man is. And again, that's just, you know, me pondering on the scripture. You see, the problem he has, and Luke tells us, is that he's short. He's short in stature. He's a wee small guy. Remember the, uh, the song? Zacchaeus is a wee, wee small guy. So the average height for the man at that time would have been around five foot five. So he's probably way under five foot. So you can imagine Zacchaeus just, you know, he's at the back, he's jumping, he's trying to get a look. He's trying to press his, his, press his shoulders into the people to, you know, to get to the front. But because of who he is, obviously he's not getting through to the front. So this brings me to my first point. Do persist. Zacchaeus is persistent. So in verse 4 we read that Zacchaeus, he doesn't get deterred. He continues to carry on even though it's difficult and others are trying to stop him. He knows he can't look over because he's small and he can't get through because people are trying to stop him. So he runs ahead and he climbs up into a sycamore tree just to get the best vantage point. He's that persistent to see Jesus even if it makes him look, you know, an idiot. You see, it was only children that really climbed trees. Um, it wasn't adults. So he was probably shouted at and ridiculed, you know, for, for, for climbing the tree. But he wanted to see who Jesus was. So it wasn't out of faith. It was out of curiosity. So he had no idea really who Jesus was or that the work that he was doing. You see, he wasn't looking for God. But on that particular day, God was looking for him so we need to be persistent in our walk in our in our preaching and our witnessing we need to be persistent you know the Lord has been for some time now impressing on my heart the urgency um, you know to witness we know time is is of sh you know short um, and just just impressed on my heart that I need to speak you know to a lot more people about the Lord Jesus we must be persistent almost to the point of annoyance. Now I stress the word <laughs> almost. So, so back in verse 11 we read about the man who had friends come to stay. Now I'm not going to go through the scripture because it's quite long. So the man has friends come to stay and he doesn't have any food. So he knocks the neighbor's door. Now I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Now this man is in bed with his children. You know he doesn't want to get up. He's warm. He's comfortable. Um, he doesn't want to wake his children. But this guy he's not going to stop knocking until he gets what he wants or he gets an answer. And it's called importunity. So when was the last time we spoke to family and friends about Jesus? How often do we invite friends and family to church? You see, nobody knows what tomorrow will bring. Life is a vapor. It appears and it, and it vanishes. You know, just time is so short, so short. And talking about short, you see, not only was Zacchaeus physically short, but he was also spiritually short. Romans 3.23 tells us that we've all sinned 
and come short of the glory of God. You see, explaining the gospel to people is it's not rocket science. It isn't complicated. You know, when we're witnessing, we're just helping people realize and admit that we've all sinned. We've all sinned and fallen short of God's expectations. We've all done things and we've all said things that, you know, that have fallen you know, below God's expectations. Realize that just being a good person doesn't get us into heaven. Admit that Jesus went to a cross and on that cross he bore all our sins. He took our place and paid our sin debt in full. And on the third day he rose again. Guys, in a nutshell, that, that's the gospel. It isn't complicated. It isn't rocket science. But also persistence in, in our learning. You know, do we persist in, in learning from the scriptures, in our growing, in our prayer life? Are we persistent in our prayer life? Our church attendance, are we persistent in coming to church? Amen. So verse 5 says that when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him. So you can imagine all the noise, all the shouting and all the commotion that was going on. All the people crying out to Jesus. Yet Jesus wasn't distracted and he looks at Zacchaeus and he calls him by name. You see, a good shepherd knows his sheep by name. So, um, so Jesus said to Zacchaeus, make haste, hurry up and come down. For today I must abide at thy house. You see, when reading Luke's account, we feel an urgency in Jesus' voice. You see, Jesus isn't asking or waiting for an invitation to speak to him. I must, I must, that urgency. It's a necessity. It's so important that I speak to you today. And it brings me to my second point. Do not procrastinate. So procrastinate means to delay or postpone or putting off until another day. You see, God has entrusted us with his word, something far more valuable than any gold, all the silver, all the money, and all the jewels of this world. You see, we have an awesome responsibility to witness and to share the gospel. We must take advantage every chance we get. We dare not delay or postpone, for we may not get another chance. So I must, I must. Remember John's account of Nicodemus when he came to Jesus at night, and Jesus told him, if you want to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. Again, it speaks of being born of the Spirit, which brings forth new life. Matthew 16, 21 to 23 says, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem. So again, he must. And suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again on the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, for that, for art thou an, an offence unto me. For thou savest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. See, this was God's plan. And Peter was not only trying to delay it, but he was trying to stop it. I must do the will of him who sent me. You see, Jesus was under the authority of the Father. I know what he wants me to do. I must do these things. I must Remember when Jesus was a child and they lost him? Remember when they lost him? <laughs> and they said, they're probably looking around, you know, where is he? Obviously he was back, he was back in, in the synagogue. But what did Jesus say when they got back? I must be about my father's business. So from an early age, he knew what he had to do. When he was in Capernaum, the crowds wanted him to stay. 
But he said, I must go to other cities and preach. Time is short. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is still day. I must. It's a necessity, a command, a mission to preach the gospel, to reach the lost. Now, I've said all that to say this. What are our musts today? What must we do? Are my must mine or are they his? Is my day, my week all about what I must do? Like Peter, earthly-minded and selfish. Or am I must focus on what God would have me to do? And really that, you know, that should compel us in this life. I must reach the lost. I must read my Bible. I must spend time in prayer. I must be in God's house every opportunity. Now, there's going to be times when we're tired. And honestly, you know, when we don't feel like coming to church. And I've been there many times. Um, and I know um, Pastor kind of um, gave an example on, on Wednesday. Um, but, you know, I, I heard a story many years ago about a man. Um, and I'm talking about, you know, coming to church and um, um, just our faithfulness, really. Um, and it was a man who owned a car sales. And he had given his life to Jesus. And he was just being convicted about being open on, on a Sunday. You see, Sunday was, was his best day for selling cars. Um, you know, a lot of people don't do anything on a Sunday, so they, you know, they got a lot of time. So um, Sunday was, was his best day. He saw more cars on that day than any time in the week. But see, he knew he had to be in church. Um, after a brief, a brief time, he decided to close on Sundays and honor God. You know, not only did he sell the same amount, he sold more. You see, God will honor our faithfulness. He's no man's debtor. You'll never see the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. Now I know we must work, I understand that. I know we must do certain things. I absolutely understand it. But on our list of musts, how I up is Jesus. You see, Jesus must, we're always connected to the Father, the plan of redemption and reconciliation. In, in John 4, 4 we read, he must needs go through Samaria. Now we know many Jews went around rather than going through Samaria. Now we know it was an extra perhaps two or three days journey, but it was a lot safer than, than going through uh, Samaria. See, when, when going through Samaria, you really took your life in your own hands. It was full of thugs, robbers, and vile people. But why must Jesus pass through? Because they were a divine appointment. A Samaritan woman would be at the well. You see, Jesus spoke into her life, and not only did she get saved, many others did also. So my third point is, don't be prejudiced. See, we know that Jews and Samaritans, they absolutely hated each other. The Jewish people called them dogs and half-breeds. You see, Jesus could have made the excuse not to go and speak to her. Not only was the Samaritan woman, um, <laughs> she was what we call in Wales, um, a bit of a girl, yeah? <laughs> Someone who'd been around the block a few times. She had had, you know, she'd been married five times. Um, and the guy she was with now wasn't her husband but Jesus saw past what she was and knew what she could become he did the same with Zacchaeus Zacchaeus was a lying, a lying thieving worthless money grabber how many times have we been guilty of the same thing judging a book by its cover you know I did the the, the same thing um, not so long ago um, a friend of mine uh, texted me and said um, there was a guy nearby that, that had lost a goshawk goshawk is a bird of prey um, so I text this guy, kind of reached out, um, and I said, look, you know, I got an hour free in the morning if, if you want me to, you know, come and have a look 
uh, with you. It's not a problem. I can do that. Um, and he said, yeah, great. If you could do that, that you know, that'd be awesome. But in the meantime, um, I'd spoken to, the, to another guy um, and I said, oh, there's, there's, a, there's a gentleman that, that you know, that lost his goshawk. And he said, look, whatever you do, just don't have nothing to do with him. Um, you know, he's an alcoholic. He's a drug addict. Just, just a real, you know, vile, nasty person. He said, if I were you, I would just, you know, I just wouldn't even bother going because he's just, you know, he's a, he's a nasty guy. Um, and you know what? I, I did go. I did meet up with him. Um, and yeah, he was probably all those things. But, you know, the Lord spoke to my heart and just said, you know, why, why would you not go? You know, why, why would you not go? You know, there's, there's always going to be people, or there's always, you know, always going to be people that, that we don't like, you know, that we don't kind of, you know, kind of fit in with. But is that any reason not to preach the gospel? And that's what the Lord really, you know, said to me that morning. You know, just because he's all those things. I mean, you were once, you know, I was a sinner saved by grace. You know, obviously my sin, you know, wasn't like his sin, but at the end of the day, sin is sin. So not only did the Samaritan woman become saved, but she also ran back and witnessed to everyone she knew. What did she say? She said, come and meet a man who told me all that I did. And many were saved because of that one divine appointment. You see, Jesus had an appointment to keep, and that is why he must pass through. So going back to Zacchaeus, I must be at your house today. So I wonder what went through Zacchaeus' mind when Jesus stopped and called out his name. You see, verse 6 tells us that he received Jesus joyfully, a moment of uncertainty. But that uncertainty soon turned to joy as Jesus calls him and welcomes him in. Remember when Jesus called you and me, that day when Jesus came into our life, that uncertainty that turned to joy, the day that everything would change. So verse 7 says that when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he's gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. So who were they? They were the crowds, the ones holding Zacchaeus back, the ones thinking he wasn't good enough, the ones thinking he wasn't big enough, the ones thinking he wasn't clean enough to let through to see Jesus. This undeserving chief tax collector. But why would Jesus choose him? Because he came to seek and save that which is lost. Those who are in need, See, he didn't come for the righteous, but sinners to repentance. But the crowds weren't happy that Jesus called Zacchaeus. So verse 8 tells us that Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, you see, as he looks upon, upon Jesus, he recognises who Jesus is as he looks into his eyes. He realises instantly, and Zacchaeus gets convicted. You see, his heart that was once filled with greed and self was now changed. Repentance had taken place. A deep sorrow and regret for all the wrong that he had done. He said, the half of my goods I will give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I will restore him fourfold. So remember back in chapter 18, the rich young ruler. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And what does Jesus tell him? He tells him to sell all that he has and give it to the poor. But he couldn't because of his wealth. And Jesus said, it's easier for a camel to pass through an eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. So right now we're seeing a camel being pulled through an eye of a needle. We're seeing with Jesus the impossible made possible. See a rich man that has come to faith. And what the rich young ruler couldn't do because of his wealth, 
we see Zacchaeus realize that when he saw Jesus, he saw nothing but gain and not loss. So it's interesting to note that Zacchaeus said he will give half of his goods to the poor. Yet Jesus asked the rich young ruler to give all he had to the poor. You see, Zacchaeus needed the other half of what he had to fully finance his repentance. You see, the Jewish law only required him to restore 20%. But Zacchaeus was no longer bound by the law. And that's why he gave back above and beyond. You see, Zacchaeus, he had a new heart. He's changed. He's a different person. He had put off the former things, the corrupt, the deceitful. He had been renewed. He was a new man. He was a new creature in Christ Jesus. So I'm saying all that to make this point. We can change people's lives forever. I'm just going to just let you ponder that. We can change life, people's lives forever. God has given us the awesome responsibility to share the gospel and try and win the lost. Yes, we're going to get pushbacks. There's going to be crowds just like Zacchaeus trying to stop us and prevent us. You know, the devil will do everything he possibly can to make sure a divine appointment doesn't take place. Crying out, they're not worth it. They don't deserve it. And they're right. They don't. We don't. I didn't. But by the grace of God and the cross of Calvary, that didn't stop Jesus coming for me and you. Now imagine if Jesus would have just walked by us that one day, that, that divine appointment, you know, had never taken place. Where would, we be, you know, where would I be right now? Honestly, I dread to think. So remember the moment we accepted Jesus and how in that moment of time, everything changed. So my last point this morning, and, and really quickly, um, do pray. So pray for divine appointments to change the lives of others. Matthew 9, 37 and 38 says that the harvest is truly plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest will send forth laborers into his harvest. You see, Jesus never passed an opportunity. He could have ignored the woman at the well. He could have passed by Zacchaeus and they would have never known salvation. In Colossians 4, Paul is urging those to continue in prayer. He said, don't get distracted. Pray for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ. You see, Paul not only wanted the prison door to be open, but he had every opportunity he wanted to preach the gospel, to share the gospel. So verse 9, we know salvation had come to Zacchaeus' house. Not only that, but Jesus also calls him a son of Abraham. In Galatians 3, 6 and 7, Paul is instructing the Galatians, bringing them from law to grace. And he said, even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, know we therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. So as, as I close this morning, um, you see, that day in Jericho, with all that was going on, we see a man, Zacchaeus. He was hated. He was despised. A lying, thieving, undeserving, lost sinner. But by a divine appointment, Jesus changed his life forever. So verse 10 closes out. For the Son of Man is come to seek and save that which is lost. And you know this morning we have the same awesome responsibility to save and seek that which is lost. Let us not waste, let us not waste a single opportunity. Amen. We bow your heads, please.
Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word this morning. Father, I just pray that as these coming days and coming weeks, Father, we just pray that we we have, Father, just give us the ability just to, to call out on you, just to ask for divine appointments. Father, we just pray that as, as we meet family and friends, that, Father, we get the opportunity to, to preach your word, to tell them of you. So, Father, I just pray that just give us the, the opportunities. Father, we know time is short. So, Father, we just ask that these coming weeks and months, that, Father, you would just place an urgency in our hearts um, that we would tell people of you. So, Father, we just ask these things in thy precious name. Amen.